Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic Berto. Well, is your host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Anyhow, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, I want to say something real quick <coughs> about voter suppression. Why is it that it's not getting a, as much traction as it could or as, as it should? Um, I wrote several articles several different times about this issue. And <coughs> unfortunately, I don't seem to get enough people that understand or see how dangerous this voter issue is. I mean, I don't know if they're looking at it as a problem that just affects those people, but that we will always have that ability to do things. I don't think a lot of people understand that what that that the way that these voting rules are working, they do all these test cases on the people that they find are the easiest ones to damage. People of color. If it works with them, in the long run, when we need to continue to shrink a voter base whom we're not serving, they will know the techniques, the technologies to use to ensure that this democracy no longer functions like a democracy for all, but a democracy for the ones who they believe count. This voter suppression that is occurring throughout the country right now, in 40-something states, these are not things simply dedicated to hurt a whole lot of people of color. And I think that is probably one of the reasons why it's not getting as much attention as it should. In other words, people think, well, you know, it's not us that it's going to really affect. Here is the deal. Those that it affects right now, they are canaries in the mine. These guys are testing a case. Remember when we talk about all these issues with race, etc., it's a facade. It is just something there. It is something there that we can use to separate for now and experiment for now. Something that will likely apply to everybody because the economic system that we have in this system, in this country, is unsustainable. I don't want to speak over anybody's head right now, but here's the bottom line. The economic system in this country is unsustainable. At first, uh, we had to eat all the easily eaten people. We could abuse them. We could take advantage of them. Because they were not the majority, because they were others that people thought not as much of as before. People didn't think much of themselves easy. But as this economic systems come to fruition and continues to grow under the techniques, the arithmetic, under the algebraic equation that governs this economy, it turns out that it hits the very most. And they run out of the easy people to hurt. And we are the experiment that will afflict everyone in the long run. And they perfect it on those they believe it is easily perfected on. 
folks, I hope you're really listening to me, but this voter suppression stuff really, really needs to be taken more seriously, not by the right. They, they're being used. They're, they're, my right brothers and sisters are being used because they're going to be suppressed as well. They will. But anyhow, what is the program going to be about today? Yeah, we're going to talk about the walk to Austin. But anyway, walk into Austin Capitol to save democracy. Reporters continue to uh, continue with silly questions. Texas activists Trisha Robinson and Kelly Payton interrupt their walk to Austin Capitol to speak to us. Reverend Barber and Beto O'Rourke give excellent answers to Stephanie Rule on voter suppression. So those are the two major topics. And of course, the main topic is what again? You. So let's talk. Let's see what Michael Rudnan has for us so far. Michael Rudnan says, Egberto, only one topic I'd like to cover today, broken up into four parts. And let's see how many of our conservative, conservative viewers will be frothing by the mouth over it. Also, for after the show, let, left you missed a message over here. Thank you for the message. I'll check. Okay, you know, you sent me a message saying that you left a message and I couldn't find the message. But again, I was on my phone. I was all over the place. So that's probably. Okay, let's start. Two or four. Nancy Pelosi recently said, suppose your child just decided they, at this time, do not want to go to college, but you are paying taxes to forgive someone else's obligations. You may not be happy about that. Again, suppose your child just decided at this time, do, they do not want to go to college, but you're paying taxes to forgive somebody else's obligations. You may not be happy. That's true. But it's, what, it's how taxes work. <clears throat> Bow of the fifth column countered at number 37. Support that I don't want to pay for corporate bailouts. Suppose I don't want to pay for mass incarceration. Suppose I don't want to pay for sur surveillance state. Suppose I don't want to pay for military weapons that end up in the hands of local law enforcement. Suppose, suppose I, don't, I have a, no problem paying for something like SNAP, but I do have a problem with that being used as corporate subsidies so large corporations can pay their employees poverty wages, therefore continuing the cycle of poverty and reinforcing that class divide that could not have been said any better any better whatsoever article one section eight clause one the question you need to ask is the constitutional test does this promote the general welfare if not it's government wasteful spending to line the pockets of the rich and most military spending is exactly that. Remember, most of the armament that we have just usually end up remelted, sold, repurposed, or something like that. You know, uh, we can build quickly. We can keep a very small stockpile, and if we need to build, start building like crazy. We could do that, but we don't, right? We don't because we have to keep the military industrial complex functioning fully as we pay the tax dollars that they take advantage e2247 welcome aboard cub is wrecked ship sold for parts deborah john welcome aboard from la Mich uh, michael rudnan says Sub sometimes i wonder 
Do Republicans want to go back to the original standard of only white land-owning adult male citizens having voting rights? No, they don't. Understand how it works. The, 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 the right-wing Republican brother and sister of ours, they are just being used by a plutocracy. They are just being used to be thrown away after everything is placed in. Let, let me give an example. Right now, the Republican Party has been concentrating on how do we fix minority rule? In other words, how do we set up America that it can be permanently run by a small minority of Americans. And you say, oh, Egberto, that's not true. Everybody still has the vote. Yes, they do. But here's how you do it. You give a lot of power to certain people. You have an electoral college that isn't based on votes, but based on districts. You have a Supreme Court, a district court, and a, an area court that you stuff that you stuff with right-wingers that will vote your way so that, remember, we have three branches of government. They're supposed to be co-equal branches of government. Have I stated in several other reports that I've done before? They are not co-equal. And here is why. If Congress passes a law, and the president approves that law, it becomes the law of the land. Until someone goes to the courts and say, we think that law is unconstitutional. And when that law is, uh, it goes to court and the court says, we declare that law unconstitutional, that law can now not take effect. The only way around that then is for two-thirds of Congress to vote or uh, to change the Constitution, all right? They'll have to change the Constitution, or they'll have to impeach the judge and uh, place a judge up there that is willing to adjust his thought or her thought process. Something that is almost impossible to do because, again, that is still minority rule because the minority can stop the majority of Congress from executing the will of the people. You see... We never had a democracy. Our constitution was never written one person, one vote, and the majority wins. That has always been a figment of our imagination. Always. It has always been written in a form that you could fix it for minority rule. That's why the, the, the six of the last seven, I think it's six of the last seven uh, Republican presidents, or rather, six of the last popular vote presidents was won by Democrats. Okay, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to give a super, super hard pat on the back to Democrats because centrist Democrats are a problem. But let's let's digress for a while. We've had, you know, we have Republican control of the courts, Republican control of the Senate, Republican all because we have in a system that is based on minority rule. They lied to you when you went to school and said, we are a democracy. They said, oh no, we are a representative democracy. Okay. We're still not a representative democracy because our representation does not reflect what the people 
actually wants want. So I hope in you share my programs because a lot of people, you know, people throw their hands up in the air and say, oh, we can't get what we want. It's not that we can't get what we want. It's that we were designed. Our America was designed to not get what we want. So Michael Rudnick asked a very important question. Sometimes I wonder, do Republicans want to go back to the original standard of only white land owning adult male citizens having the vote? the right to vote. And they don't really want that. They just don't know that. They just don't understand what inequity really means because right now it is their guy winning or the people that they think are their guy. Unfortunately, one of the goals of Politics Done Right and other programs like this is to talk to our right-wing brothers and sisters and ask them what they want. And when they tell us what they want, not tell them what we think they want, ask them what they want. And what you're going to see, and I've sat down and spoken to uh, many of my white right-wing brothers and sisters, and this book makes sense to them. How to Make America Utopia, and also It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. And let me tell you why. I just had a long conversation with a right-wing woman on uh, that gets my other newsletter, Egberto Off the Record, and she hated me. She hated me. She wrote me a letter and she cussed me out, probably not with foul language, but worse than that guy that called that I played that thing on him. And we went back and forth. And she finally came back today and told me, you know, I'm sorry. I was on my meds. Ta-da-ta, ta-da-ta. Uh, but I want to, in effect, continue the conversation. You see, people, let me tell you something, man. The biggest fear, and I use this all of the times, we, when we unite the Palacio de Ghettos and the Barrios, we're going to win. But we got to get there and we can't keep falling for the crap. Hey, Yvette Avery Herod, welcome aboard, my beautiful lady. Welcome aboard. E2247, welcome aboard. Uh, para ver quién más está aquí, Special Inspector of Afghanistan Reconstruction, Sugar, Release Oversight Report uh, from E2247. E2247 also says, Sugar, Sofco, U.S. hasn't learned its lesson from 20-year war. Uh, no, no. Actually, I, I, I beg to disagree with you, E2247. We are not trying to learn a lesson. We are just trying to keep the military-industrial complex fed. Please. Please remember that. All those people are intelligent. Most people are intelligent. Now, a lot of us are ignorant, but we're intelligent. And when we are made not ignorant, our intelligence blossoms. But I respect everybody. Everybody's mind is pretty damn good. If you'd let it be. Michael Rudnan, wealth inequality, which creates widespread poverty, drives both left populism and right populism. Exactly right. Uh, left populism blames the rich for creating corruption, not paying their taxes, and not paying living wages. Right populism kicks down and blames already marginalized groups, minorities, migrants. Yeah, and, and there's a calculation to that. You have to have the boogeyman. And the right tells them the reason you don't have is because they have your birthright. Go get them. Go hate on them. Go beat them. And that's what it's all about. And what we have to show is that it's a lie. 
The bottom two thirds of Americans can't continue to live like this. Something's got to give. And you know what? The problem is this. Here's my problem with something's got to give. We can't allow it to give, Mr. Rudnan. Let me tell you why. They win. What Trump was hoping for wasn't to say, oh, we won. He just wanted to create enough chaos so that he could use a constitutional remedy to stay in power. We don't really know who won. We got an insurrection. We got to maintain order. I call the military. I declare martial law. It was, look, we came that close. But as you can see, he didn't get cover from the, from the uh, Justice Department. And they were documenting everything that they were doing. We're not going to fall for this crap from the president because if this stuff go down, we're going down for treason. But that this was a real insurrection. The idea was if they created enough destruction in the in in the capital, if they had gotten to Nancy Pelosi, the vice president, or any other one of those guys of substance right there, it would have thrown the country, the governmental, not the country, but the government of the country into chaos. And he would have held on to power for a while. But the military, I think, would have come through. I still think the military would have come through for the people. All right, E2247, U.S. military leaders were always shifting a goalpost for the mission in Afghanistan. That's true. Mike Cisak says, hey, Mike, welcome. I haven't seen you in a while. He says, here's the bottom line. We have a huge number of people coming from the communist and socialist countries to this country because our economic system offers the best opportunity. All right. Um, again, I, that's not something for me to argue about. The truth of the matter is, we, can, we have an economic system that works so far. We have an economic system where a lot of those people who are able to get in, they come in, guess what? With a lot, with generally either with a lot of resources to work. In other words, even those people that are coming from south of the border, they have a lot, of, lot to offer Americans. What do they offer? I mean, they're, they're picking our food. When we had a shortage of them, we had a, we, the food prices zoomed up. We need them. And when it comes to the other people, they're coming with cash. That's a little dirty secret you ha- most Americans know little about. The amount of foreigners that come here to form businesses and they are allowed to do it because they come here with cash. In other words, a hundred of their families put up together to get them $100,000 and they come over here and they open a business and they do all of that. Yes, these, these guys, that's how they come in. But guess what happens after that? After they created their resources to come here, the right wing tells you hate on them. They're taking something that's yours. The government gave them something that they never really received. Now, as far as the economic system, uh, Mike Cisak, uh, math is absolute. Formulas are absolute. I can give you the mathematical formula that easily debunks that we are on any particularly sustainable path. It's impossible. It's just a mathematical impossibility. And you know what? I am not all that smart. Everybody, all those business people know it. All those capitalists know it. Why do you think so many of them are throwing their money right back in? Oh, we got to get rid of I can't keep hoarding $100 billion. I got to do something with it, man. If I hoard $100 billion based on how the, the calculations work for this country, if I don't give it away, they're going to take it away. And that's just a mathematical formula. Is the economic system unstable and unsustainable because of overspending and waste of government mortgaging the country's future? No. 
it is unstable and unsustainable because it allows some to hoard money and remove capital from the system. Believe it or not, government waste is actually a solution to make our economic system more sustainable. You know, it, it is amazing that, you know, it is amazing how much we don't learn. If we can tax these people more, even if it's for wasteful spending, because wasteful spending goes somewhere. We build a bridge, we build something, we may build a building that isn't immediately necessary, but it creates a job. Wasteful spending is not like, oh, wasteful spending is going to destroy the system. No. To put it bluntly, if this person here is accumulating money, and we need to, and we have a lot of people that need a job, but we don't particularly need something right now. We may just go ahead and build something, wasteful spending, just so we can have circulating money. You don't learn that in basic economics. You know why you don't learn it? Because if people understood how economics really worked, they would, they would, they would, they would, they would throw these people in jail for the amount of people that die based on our economic system. But that's the truth. Again. Look at how money circulates and you'll see everything that I just said is an absolute fact. Let's give another example. We have, we have guys with several billion dollars just sitting down there, right? It's billion dollars that all of us worked for and that they didn't pay us. So they, get the, they, they are able to hold on to those billions. I'm going to say, wait a minute, but isn't there a lot of stuff that needs to be done in the country? Hell yes. What needs to be done again? Oh, wait a minute. We have floods all over the plains. We have floods all over the East Coast. We have drought in the West Coast. How comes, like we have a distribution system for electricity all over, why don't we have a distribution system for water? Right now, Lake Mead is at the lowest that it has ever been since it's been filled. How come we're not transporting water around this country? Because in some areas, we have a very oversupply of water, floods, all of that. We could mitigate all of that with canals and, but, and we have the workers to build them and we can't afford it. Why can't we afford it? Because Bezos has a hundred billion dollars sitting down doing absolutely nothing. Because we have an economic system that's a fraud. That's why. Mike Sisak, but when we have communists and socialists here in this country trying to turn us into the countries people are fleeing from, that's not what we're trying to do. That makes you feel good saying that, but it's not true. It may make you feel good buying the right-wing stuff that says that, but that's not what we want. All right, let's see. Uh, the question are silly to you, and why is it important to someone? So why invalidate them? Because you might disagree. I'll show you what I mean. All right? Let's go to the first video. Egberto, how can anyone in their right mind vote the GOP who work? For the wealthiest top 1%, America, the GOP hates education, clean environment, living. They hate education because if you get educated, people start to listen. If you get educated, people don't buy the crap that they sell anymore. That's the reason why, Brother Carl Cox. All right. Now, uh, Eric says, the questions are silly to you. Why? Okay. I'm going to play the press, uh, press, uh, the, the press briefing today. I want you to listen to it. Then I'm going to interpret some stuff in there for it. Check this out. 
Green, uh, the, the president said for the early months of this administration that those who were vaccinated and wearing masks and doing all those steps could look toward the 4th of July as that independence opportunity. We now know the CDC is basing some of this new science on a 4th of July party that happened in Massachusetts where the Delta variant uh, was predominant. We saw that vaccinated people were passing it and so forth. Does this give the president pause about making recommendations about what the public can do? Because he encouraged people who were vaccinated to gather on the 4th of July. A group that did so is now sort of a poster example for the CDC of what can happen with this period. I mean, you know, Kelly, his, the president has always said he's going to follow the science and he's going to listen to public health experts. That's what we do, right? That's why we're, we, we are all following the CDC guidance on masking. And so that's, that's our North Star, as, we, as Jen has said uh, earlier this week. Look, the job of all of us in this room is to communicate the truth about where we are in the pandemic. And this is the, something the president has said from, the, from day one. And also highlight how we can get out of this pandemic. So the vaccines work. That's the truth. We know masks work. That's the truth. They save lives and prevent spread of this dangerous Delta variant. So we need to help in communicating the actions we are telling the American people to take and getting vaccinated and wearing a mask. If you're in an area where there's lots of uh, virus circulating, it's more contagious, you have to wear a mask. Part of this is also in terms of getting information out. Like, Why are the doctors not here in the briefing room to take our questions? Why have we not had a COVID briefing? When we got some update from Dr. Walensky, that was a phone briefing, provides information, but the public is eager to know more about what the Delta variant can do. You know what, Kelly, I would, I would um, argue that we had the President of the United States speak to this yesterday. He gave a more than 30-minute speech about where we are as a country. I mean, he is a trusted voice. He's the leader of our country. No, but we heard from him, right? We heard from the president yesterday. We heard from the president about the Delta variant and vaccinations in general uh, the day before yesterday when he was in Pennsylvania, when he was supposed to talk about Buy American, which he did, but he led off talking about the vaccinations. We have had our doctors on your networks, on many of the networks that are here, uh, talking, probably all of them, uh, talking about the Delta variant all throughout these last couple of days. So they have been out there. They have been talking about it. And yeah, we heard from directly from Dr. Lewinsky herself. You know, so this is something that we're going to continue to do. We're going to continue to make sure that we communicate directly with the American people and also hand work hand in hand with local governments and state governments as well. I mean, that's what they are telling us. I laid out why I laid out how contagious it was and I laid out why uh, why we needed to act on the Delta variant. I, I laid out a lot of why the answers we get is because they say so without a lot of Well, they're the experts. It's, so it's not it's not just day. These are scientists. These are experts. I just no, said that. Hold on one second. I hold on one second. I just said that Dr. Lewinsky said just recently in her 20 year uh, career, she had never seen a, a variant that was so contagious. So this is 20 years of her career. So this is absolutely, absolutely a, a major, major problem that we are trying to deal with. That's why we heard from the president yesterday. That's why we keep talking about people need to get vaccinated. So that is, that is, the, that is the way that we're trying to move in this administration, making sure that we are protecting uh, people here, making sure that we're dealing with this pandemic in a way that is effective. And that's how we're gonna move forward. 
All right. Let me let me qualify a few things. Earlier on, this same batch of reporters were saying, why get a vaccine? Why, why aren't you telling people after they get a vaccine, you can go out there and mingle without a mask on? Aren't you discouraging them by saying, if you have a vaccine, you need to wear a mask? That is what these reporters were saying. Now, these reporters are saying, uh, wait a minute. Do you regret telling us to go out there and without a mask on? After uh, and, and creating the possibility of spread, do you regret that? And it's like, no, we've been just telling you about the science, and that's what and that's what Corinne kept saying. We've been telling you about the science uh, for for a long time now. Then the reporter comes and she says, um, and uh, and 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 by the way, uh, do you think we should have more doctors here at the podium? Well, our doctors were on ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, all over, taking questions from your reporters. Answering them, um, so we know we've been out there, and the president spent thirty minutes yesterday, and a, a few more other times. But most importantly, the last person—if you notice what the last person said—Corinne looks at the last person says that the expert says, and she says, "Well, just because they say so, well, you are asking to get the doctors, the experts, to be on podium to tell you, and now that I tell you, the experts say, you say, why should we take it because they say so?" This is the most dysfunctional news media I have seen. I don't want to say in decades, but what has happened is that the Fox News methodology has infected the mainstream media because they are terrible and they're not only terrible, but they are, they do not manifest any sort of critical thinking. Yesterday, we went through the simple thing about the virus. The virus has mutated. Things are going to change because it has mutated. And it has mutated because you folks won't listen to us, wear the damn mask, and get a vaccine. I love you, but do it, please. Because the next mutation may be the one that actually defeats the drug, defeats the vaccine. This is not rocket science, people. My brothers and sisters, you know, with love, it's not rocket science. At all. It's not rocket science. Okay. Most of the kids who do not have college loans are of upper to high income families. So if you want to pay off those loans, you are taking taxes from the lower and middle class folks to do it. Uh, look, we do all these transmutation. If we were to decide what taxes go what for whom, etc., that's why we need a big pool. You throw all the money in there, and then you decide what's best for the society to take care of it. It's that simple. And I think in the long run, even higher education should be free, just like high school. It really should be. If you show that you have what it takes to get further education and you're willing to put what's in there, get it done. There is and will be plenty of opportunity for eligible Texans to vote. This voter suppression is just leftist propaganda, paranoid propaganda. No, it's not. It is suppression. Let's give a good example. Uh, right now, if you are in Houston, Texas, and you saw some guys with Green Beret come in from the Proud Boys because they can look over your shoulder as you are voting, there are a lot of people that won't vote. If you also create laws that says, I will allow the, uh, the police to be right there at your voting booth, uh, there are a particular group of people that don't take kindly to cops because they know cops, uh, a lot of cops are not the very best. I could go over and over with, the, I, I, I interviewed five different congress people that are currently our heroes in dc 
And they all explained all that was wrong with the bills. No, it is worse than voter suppression. It is voter intimidation. It's all of that put together, folks. All of that put together. Julie Vanazdel, I'm late, but you're here, Julie. AVQ, Lee Grant, how many Americans do you suppose don't have ID cards? Representation for some, a conservative push to base legislation districts on adult citizens and deprive young and diverse communities of political power. E2247 says, Julie Vanazdel, uh, Eric A says, Egberto is the current president and much run by the radical party. Possibly Joe is doing what he's told. Makes you feel good that the guy's effective. I don't agree with him all the time, but he's effective. Okay, look, uh, you know, there's a voter suppression march that's going on right now in Austin. I had the honor of speaking to two of the uh, two ladies that are, are, that are doing the march. I want to play them and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis. We are we are having some great people on today. We have with us Trish Robinson and Kelly Patin, or Peyton. I, I may have gotten that a bit wrong, but anyhow, she's here with us on that walk from Georgetown to Austin, Texas, ensuring that we don't allow them to suppress our votes. Welcome aboard, Trish. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. We're hot. I can, you know... When, when I decided I'm here with a little bit of air conditioning, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a- asking these ladies out there in, a, in the heat to talk. But look, thank you guys uh-huh. for being with us. Look, Trish, tell me, what are you guys, how is it going out there right now? It's going great. Everyone's real energetic and enthused and everyone's having a great time. There's a lot of really good, positive energy. And, you know, we have Reverend Barber here and Beto and Jesse Jackson. So that was really inspiring to see them this morning. They walked. Wow. What, what is that, uh, Kelly? Yes. Uh, what, what did you say? You, you had something to add? I said they walked uh, Reverend Barber and Reverend Jesse Jackson walked with us for a while all um on the route so it was great and they we sang and we chanted it was great well look it's Uh, hot it's very hot so trish tell me why you decided to leave houston and go out there and start uh, you know undoing this tell us why you why you thought you had to do this well i think it's real important for all of us to speak up for voting okay come closer into the camera kelly i can't see you there you go great I think it's real important for us to speak up for voting rights and for the, the $15 an hour wage and <laughs> I forgot the other thing. And the filibuster. Yeah, the filibuster too as well. Yes. Well, you know, let me tell you something interesting that happened. I just did a report uh, on MSNBC. Uh, they, Beto and, and uh, Reverend Barber, were, were, they were on. And right. we had a misrepresentation of a particular poll. In this poll, it said that 35% of Texans wanted stricter voting rules, but only uh, 26% wanted them more lenient. What they didn't say is that another 29% wanted things stayed the same. So they gave the impression that Texans are against what our our heroes are doing in Washington, D.C. What say you, uh, Kelly, on that? Well, you know, I think that our leaders in D.C., um, you know, the the Texas representatives that went there, it shows how passionate we are in Texas. It shows that the people that need this to pass the John Lewis Act and the For the People Act, that the Texans are going to take it to D.C. And they're going to show them. We're showing them on the streets. We're showing them in in D.C. that Texas is serious. We're tired. 
we're tired of the suppression in Texas. They're number one voter suppression. Uh, what, what was great, Trish, is that if in Harris County, we showed the entire country that when you give people the opportunity to vote, they want to vote. So uh, to expand on that a bit for me. Yeah, I think in Harris County, everybody came out. I think that um, they did a large uh, voter registration drive and they, you know, they found people, they provided rides and they provided locations for everybody. Uh, they had longer hours, I think. I live in Liberty County, so I'm not completely familiar with Harris County and what they did. But I know that they um, they did a lot to make it more convenient for voters in Harris County. Well, you know, you look, we are representing three big counties right now. You're Liberty County. Kelly is Orange County. We are Harris County. So, I mean, uh, it, it is amazing that, you know, everybody here is engaged. What's your plan for the rest of the day? What's our plan for the rest of the day? I'm sorry, I missed. Yes. What's your plan for the rest of the day? Well, we're, we're cooling down right now because <laughs> uh-huh. it's hot. <laughs> and uh, we've been marching for uh, about three hours. So we're wow. going to cool down. We're going to get some pedialyzed, get some electrolytes in us. And um, and then later today, they're having a get together of the march and talk about the march. And then, of course, tomorrow is the big march right into Austin. So Now, where are you? Right, Are you uh, close to Austin? Are you in Austin already? Where are you? We're in North Austin yeah. right now. We're in I think we're in Round Rock, aren't we? I think in Round Rock. Near yeah, Round Rock. Yeah, that's like the outskirts of uh, North Austin. Okay. Yes. That's so, my old stumping ground. I got out of the University of Texas. I, I love where you guys are at. I'm gonna, I was going to try to make it out tomorrow, but I don't know if I can. But I mean, um, uh, how many people you had walk in constantly these last few days? Uh, I think this morning it looked to be maybe about 75 to 100 people. Yes. Wow. And I yeah. saw that 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 is great because that is a difficult task to ask people to um to really go out there and and walk in that heat. You guys are you guys are heroes. Let me tell you, those guys in D.C. are heroes. You all are heroes right there, making sure to get this stuff done. Now tomorrow, the, the march or rather the rally begins at uh, ten o'clock. I imagine yeah. there are going to be thousands of people out there on the mall to actually culminate what you guys have uh, what you guys have actually done. So. Uh, uh, Trish, give me a quick closing argue, a quick, quick closing statement. Well, I think that everybody who can should come out tomorrow and um, represent the, that they stand behind uh, voting rights and passing the the bills that they have for voting rights. And also, Willie Nelson's going to be there, so that's important. You know, Willie's important to Texas. He's yes, Willie come- is. Uh, Beto's going to be there, and so Reverend Barber, and um, you know, just a lot of people. It'll be yeah, a great Jesse time. Jackson's been real supportive too. He was out this morning, and you know, he's not completely well, so if he's out there in the Texas heat as it is, you know that 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 speaks a lot. Well, look, uh, Trish Robinson and Kelly Patin. Let me tell you something, guys. Y'all are heroes. Along with uh, we we had another hero out there that w- that decided to drive to Austin by himself. Uh, uh, Neil Aquino, he went out there, with, went to the Rotonda and did what he had to do. So I, I'm just so proud of, of all you Texans out there doing what we do best. And that is make sure that we do what's necessary to move the cause forward. So thank you, Trish. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is what activism looks like. They're, they, they're, they have a constant 75 to 100 people walking all the miles from Georgetown to Austin. 
And tomorrow, all the people are going to come from all over the state and get up to the to the Texas Capitol. And uh, Reverend Barber and uh, Beto O'Rourke and several others are going to be out there. It should be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun out there. Anyway, I have one last video, and then I'll, I'll start answering all those questions. I'm way behind on the questions, so I'm going to zoom through them after this last video. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis. We are, we are having some great people on today. We have with us Trish. I am very happy that MSNBC is covering the Texas uh, voter suppression march, or Texas voter suppression rally, because it's very important. But in covering it, uh, I, I think we have to make sure and be fairly accurate in the way we ask questions and the way we promote things. But anyhow, uh, I, I give kudos to Stephanie Rule for giving both Beto O'Rourke and Reverend Barber the ability to, to the time that they needed to actually tell their message. But one of her questions irked me. Let's listen to the report and then we'll take it on the other side. Let's head to Austin, Texas, where the march against voter suppression just resumed about an hour ago. Texans have been braving the heat all week ahead of tomorrow's rally at the state capitol. I want to bring in two people who've been leading that march. Former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke and Poor People's Campaign co-chair Bishop William Barber. Gentlemen, welcome. Congressman, we know voting rights is a massively important cause. But are you concerned about the optics? Lawmakers fleeing Texas now for weeks and weeks when there's a whole lot of other other things that Texas voters need and want tended to day in and day out. These these Democratic legislators from Texas are absolute heroes because not only are they trying to stop voter suppression here in Texas, not only are they trying to advance voting rights in the one place where it can be won, United States Senate with the leadership of President Biden, but they understand the connections to the fact that Texas has a minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. It's the least insured state in the country, which means that folks are dying of diabetes and, and the flu and curable cancers because they just cannot see a doctor. So if we want to fix these things, people have to be able to vote. We're going to do our part here in Texas. We will be rallying in front of the state capitol at 10 a.m. on Saturday. We want everyone to be there to stand up and be counted. Bishop, these Democrats have been in D.C. since July 12th. It's about to be August. How long is this going to last? Well, I think it's bigger than that. We've been there since July 12th as well, engaged in a massive moral direct action. The democracy is in trouble. If you say that we are seeing the worst attack since the Civil War, then the answer to that must be massive. And that's why we need to end the filibuster. Don't tell us it can't be done. We have to pass every position, provision of the For the People's Act. Uh, we're not compromising. We're still pushing for it all. We got to have a restored Voting Rights Act and we have to have 15 in the union and protect our immigrants. Why? Because the same people that are suppressing the vote, suppress living wages, suppress health care, suppress immigrant justice, right? This is not a binary black versus white issue. This is an American issue and all Americans ought to be standing up and understanding that 56 million Americans used processes to vote last time other than say on uh, election day. What these legislators are doing is trying to retrogress and take all of those opportunities away. If you destroy the infrastructure of the democracy, the bridge that gets us to all the other policies, it won't matter if you do infrastructure and build physical bridges because you will have crumbled the bridges of our democracy. We have to have an answer from Congress, federal action that meets the challenge of the
this moment. You know what else doesn't matter? How I feel about it, how people around the country feel about it. It matters how Texans feel about this. Last month, the Texas Tribune and University of Texas found that 35 percent of registered Texas voters wanted to make voting rules more strict and only 26 percent wanted them loosened. Congressman, can an argument be made that these restrictive voting bills, while I may think they're reprehensible, they actually represent what Texas voters want? I don't know about that, because as I travel the state and listen to people, especially those most impacted, they want to make sure that it is easier for eligible voters to cast a ballot. Seven million Texans who were eligible in 2020 did not vote. And that's not for any lack of love of democracy. Hey, Stephanie, one, one of the things we got to think about is the Constitution, the 15th Amendment, says that no one, no state or entity can deny or abridge the right to vote. Congress swore to uphold the Constitution. We have an attack on this democracy, and we ought to be asking this question. Why don't you want people to vote? Why is the U.S. Chamber of Commerce trying to undermine the For the People's Act? Why is their money involved and more than the U.S. United States Constitution? That's why we say to, to, to people in D.C., stay Stand strong now. There are four things you got to deal with. Access to the poll, gerrymandering, ethics, and money so that we're not treating corporations like people and people like things. It's time for us to treat people like people and corporations like things and make sure we open up the ballot to everybody. Absolutely so. Now, uh, it's again, thank you, Stephanie, for really giving them a chance to articulate the message. Both of them were excellent in making sure that folks realize that, yes, we have to fight for the votes. Beto did a very smart thing. Yes, this is about voter suppression and the march is about voter suppression. But there is a narrative out there that's saying, hey, why don't you guys come back? There's other work that needs to be done in Texas. He wanted to remind Texans that in as much as these Republicans would like uh, like them to come back to handle this voter suppression bill, there are bills that need to be passed in Texas that's not even on the agenda. Hey, what about health insurance for Texans that are dying because we decided not to uh, take the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act? How about in Texas, where people are having problems with water? How about the infrastructure with regards to the power grid? How about all these other issues that really need to be taken care of that are not on the agenda for them to return to? So importantly, what Barber said was that if you can have bridges, but if you don't have, you can have infrastructure build bridges, but if you don't have the bridge for the people to elect those who will do right by them, then it makes no difference what we have. We no longer have a democracy. But what's important is even Texans feel that way. Uh, the poll was misrepresented. The poll said, wait, the majority of Texans want uh, restricted voting. No. 35% of Texans, and you can imagine who those Texans are, want restrictive voting to ensure they continue to win and govern the state. The, the majority of people, 26% wanted looser rules, and I think about 30% wanted them to stay the same. So a majority of Texans do not agree with what their state representatives, uh, the Republican state representatives are doing in Texas right now. That is what the polls say, said, unlike, that the, unlike what Stephanie may have implied that said the majority of Texans want these restrictive voting rules. They do not. And I don't want it around the country, for anybody around the country or for Texans to believe that their own Texans want restrictive voting. That is not the case. We want either more lenient voting 
or at worst for them to stay the way they are. Personally, we want very open voting so that we can get a true democracy. Anyone who wants to vote should be able to vote. And that is a constitutional guarantee that the federal Congress has the right, the constitutional right to support. Absolutely. So, okay, Mike C. Sex says, we were designed to protect the tiniest of minority rights, the individual. Democracies violate individual rights all the time. It's why leftists like to violate people's rights. I don't know where you picked that up from. Yeah, we want to protect minority rights, but we also want a democracy. And the way you do that is you have inalienable rights as dictated in the Bill of Rights. And those are things that are non-negotiable. So after you have, that's the reason for the Bill of Rights. But everything else should be democratic. Everything else should be democratic. If we're, if we are a society, a society is not an individualistic structure. A society says we do better when we do things together. If you want an individualistic structure, what we need to do is cut out a piece of land in the United States and said all of those who want to fend for themselves, go live there. But even those that like to claim individualism, when it's time to use their individualism, they're never successful in doing so. Lee Grant, Egberto wants to overthrow the Constitution and reform it according to his whims. No, I just want equity, equality, and equal access to success. That's all. Don't think I'm asking for too much. Only the mega rich and the mega corporations are represented. Corona capitalism at its worst. You're absolutely right. Completamente correcto. All right. Let's see, Michael. That's the Mike Cisak. Uh, Lee Grant says, I'm amused. It's amusing uh, that the left wants four more Democratic senators, want to pack the court, banish the filibuster, and censor political opposition in order. The filibuster is not a constitutional construct. For all of you guys that love the Constitution, why are you, a, why are you continuing to enable a Senate that does not work constitutionally? They decided among themselves that they will decide that supermajorities is for certain things. It's not a constitutional impediment. Squee Again, a lot of people don't know that. They think, oh, there's something constitutional, but there's nothing constitutional about the filibuster. Lee Grant, no one is censoring the dude. Okay, Carl Cox, uh, the left wants a government for all Americans, true? The right wants a government for the chosen. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. All right, scrolling down. Let's see, Lee Grant. Let's see what you're saying here, brother Lee. You're talking to somebody else, I guess. Communities of color would be disproportionately impacted, Latino and Asian American communities in particular. Large percent of population in all three states would no longer be counted in adult. Yeah, I, that's from the report that you put out there. Eric Hayes says the Washington policy is not, uh, is, is not have any rules for the education system like colleges and basically charging whatever they want for education, pitting people in debt, then it is a taxpayer that you want to bail those out. Wow, it is so clear where you get your news from. That is, in, that is the implication that these guys uh, want to put out there, but it's, it's totally false. It's totally false. We started to pay all these prices for education when corporations stopped doing their part. So we pay for our own education and they use our services to get they're shareholders rich, and we stay leaving left holding the bag. We are nothing but indentured servants. All right, let's continue. Let's continue. I may miss some of these guys. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, let's see. Mike Caesar, Egberto, if you want to talk math and economics, fine. But does, does, don't BS your listeners. Historically, government spending to boost the economy didn't. I mean, that, that has always been patently false. In fact, it's even been patently false as we recovered from the epidemic. We have never seen a drop in poverty as we have since the institution of the America Rescue Plan, because it really did rescue America. Government spending works. Anybody who lied to you that says otherwise, that's what they're doing, lying to you. Corporate spending mathematically can be proven not to be as effective as government spending. We can't tell you that. They can't teach you that for a specific reason. But, but the math speaks for itself. A dollar knows from not where it is spent. But a dollar spent into a capitalist society has an extra expense. So, folks, please do not buy into the fallacies, right? Don't buy into the fallacies. I'm telling you, you can please fact check everything that I say as well. Please do. I want all of you listening to me to be confident that when you listen to me, you know you can take it to the bank. You know, I'm not just saying words like CSAC right now, just regurgitating the right wing talking points, just like Eric did that walk right wing talking points about education, right? My expectation is that they're going to stay with us and that we're going to continue to progress and learn together. That's my expectation. But folks, if you, uh, if you like what you're hearing, if you know that you want us to make people more, uh, uh, more understand our system better, you want us to keep giving the progressive message, please consider supporting us. Please click on that join button under YouTube and please join the fold. We need you to support the program. That is how we can continue doing what we do. So please click that, that, um, that support or rather that join button on YouTube. But you can also go ahead and click on uh, support the h the politicsunright.com slash support politicsunright.com slash support and that will help us get our job done there you go i just placed that into the field all right oh that scrolled me down let's see what else i have here let's see what else i have here oh uh, wow i got a lot of messages how much i don't have a lot of time all right i'm going to scroll down past some that i've answered before avq i need to research what the heck you're talking about you can, uh, are you talking to me? Anyway, we can talk about it. Mike Cisak, why do Democrats want more voter fraud? Oh boy. Every, every study shows there's no voter fraud and you still believe, you see what I tell you? The right wing media just makes you so, anyway. Nanette Bird Smith, welcome aboard. Squido, let's see who else we got here. Uh, Lee Grant, Texas Dems are breaking the law in order to save it. No, they're not breaking the law at all. They're not breaking the law. Name, uh, go ahead and find the Constitution of, the, of Texas and please tell me what law they're breaking. I mean, uh, uh, no, no, no. What happened uh, is I've, oh, I'm overwhelmed with comments. Bruce Pollard, how are you doing, my friend? Welcome aboard. Mike Cisak, Egberto and Democrats can't even name what part of the Texas voter reform law actually does. I know the entire law, sir. No, I can tell you, you I can, I, I've already itemized the, I, the, the things in the law that are suppressive. No more 24-hour voting. No more uh, uh, curb, curb voting. Talking, if you talk to your grandma and uh, to help her vote, 
you have to sign an affidavit saying that you assisted her. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. I know the bill, Mike Cisak. You should apologize to me now, sir. Why don't you? You were wrong. Come on, you're wrong. All right, let's continue. Deborah John, welcome. Uh, guys, I can't get all I can't get to all these messages. Gwen Coley Christie, welcome aboard. Carl Cox, let's see what else I got here. Uh para ver, para ver. Si Egberto, you can't roll the 29% that want to keep the same or not. No, I didn't say that. I said 20 I said 26% plus 29% who wants to keep it the the same makes it clear that most of Texans don't agree with what Republicans are doing. 35% of Texans want to loosen to want to tighten voting restrictions. 26% of Texans want to loosen it and 29% don't want to want to leave it as is. Therefore, the people in Congress are doing what most Texans don't want. Simple math, Mike. Come on, Mike. Simple math. Okay, let's see. AVQ, Lee Grant, Democrats have over 40 million more constituents in the Senate. It's amazing, they do. But what I, I asked Norman <clears throat> to do a calculation. I don't want to make it that simple, AVQ. I don't want it to be that we count all California Democrats for Democrats. I mean, our, all of California for Democrats. That's not what I want to do. I want us to go through every senator that got elected. Every senator that got elected. I want to know how many of them were Democrats that elected them, or rather that elected their opponent. And for, for Republicans, I want to know, for, for Republican senators, I want to know how many Democrats elected them, how many Republicans elected them. For the, uh, for the Democrats, I want the converse. That will tell me, Absolutely, the Democrats versus Republicans for Senate. You know, it's easy to say, well, we, we count California as 40 million Democratic votes. No, I don't want to. I want to be fair. I, I maintain fairness. But what you'll find is there's still a preponderance of Democratic voter, at least 7 million difference. At least 7 million. The, the, what what, uh, what uh, brother um, Biden won by. Okay. Continuing, Egberto, no way you're getting all the comments. No, I'm not getting all the comments. But I, I try to go through them. Let's see, Maywood, well, I made it to the very end. You want to slant the majority to permanent Democrats as you can stay in power. No. I, I would like permanent. Uh, look, if we were to get permanent Democrats, the Democrats would start, stop working on the true things that Democrats believe in, and they will be adapted by the plutocracy like anything else. I want people fighting for our votes. And likely independence, everything. That's what I want. Okay, I got to get out of here, folks. Please remember to support our program, politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. If you are on YouTube, click that join button, become a part of our membership. Uh, you can go ahead and get our books at politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. And you can go to our store and get our stuff at our store, politicsandright.com slash store. Look, we need your support. Thank you so kindly for being here. I know you could be anywhere else, but you're here with us. Thank you. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Oh.
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.